Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. We got stuff we could actually talk about this week. Yes, we're still two weeks out of training camp, but there were some things that came up this week with the Eagles. And mainly, let's just get right into it. It was a quote from Derek Gunn. And Derek Gunn was, you know, people famously know him from being... The post-game show with Comcast Sports and at NBC Sports Philadelphia. He was the guy in the locker room. He would do the player interviews. And, and let me tell you this. Derek Gunn still will put out scoops, right? And I, I don't want to sit here and say what Derek Gunn put out was a lie. Because I, I don't believe he was he was lying. I believe that somebody in, obviously in the Eagles organization, because that's where he's saying he got this quote from, has an agenda against Jalen Hurts. Now, what did he say? He said, one person said, let me give you, this was his uh, quote. One person said, let me give you a scenario of what he went through in one day of practice. It was a 10 play scenario. He had three picks, four incompletions, and three sacks. So in 10 plays, Jalen Hurts proceeded to have possibly the worst 10 plays ever in a seven on seven. The sacks part. Everybody jumped on it because they're like, well, there was no sacks. Because there isn't. It's seven on seven. I don't know if they count to five and they counted a sack or something stupid like that. Do I think this happened? No. Because there were a lot of reports out from this training camp or from this OTAs that stated that, you know, Jalen Hurts actually had a very good offseason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that there was considerable improvement with Jalen Hurts. I think inside the Eagles organization, there are people that don't want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. I think at the very tippy top of the Eagles organization, and yes, that means Jeffrey Lurie, I think he does want uh, Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. Do I think there's a power struggle? I do. I do because I don't believe Howie Roseman picked Jalen Hurts because he liked Jalen Hurts. I think that he felt he was doing Jeffrey a favor. Now, remember, when they picked Jalen Hurts, the plan was that Carson Wentz was going to be the quarterback. What so happened was Carson Wentz, you know, imploded, you know, w- with his talent. Jalen had to take over. And then, by de facto, Jalen Hurts became the franchise quarterback. Derek Gunn is, to me, relaying information, but let's also be fair here. When you're a reporter, you have to understand if somebody's just feeding you bullshit, and that's what this was. That's exactly what that was. A.J. Brown, Lane Johnson both instantly came out denying this, essentially saying how completely ridiculous it was, because it was. And again, that's not just, like, if you said, okay, A.J. Brown did. Okay, A.J. Brown, that's his best buddy. That makes, Lane Johnson did it too. So, and, and again, they didn't have to say anything because who cares? Who cares what some stupid... But it's just, it's so egregious that they felt the need to comment on it. Inside the building, this Jalen Hurts thing is going to continue. I get it. There are The Eagles want to be a passing team. And I know inside that building there are people that don't believe Jalen Hurts is a good enough passer. That's what this season's about. He's still... At this point, 
younger than Carson Wentz was when he became the quarterback for the Eagles. I get it. This is going to be Jalen Hurts' third season. But he was 21 years old when he was drafted. There is a lot, and by a lot I mean a lot, of football in front of Jalen Hurts. He has garnered so much experience. This is his second year with the same offense. This is the first time he's had the same offense in back-to-back seasons since high school. And not only on top of that does he have the same offense. He now has NFL experience. He has playoff experience. And we have complimented him with a wide receiver who is without question top 10 in the NFL in A.J. Brown and a developmental guy in Devontae Smith who is going to be a top 10 receiver, in my opinion, already is in the NFL. A top 5 tight end in the NFL. A top 1 offensive line in the NFL. It's all there. It's all there. So these people who have the agenda against Hurts, I just want to tell them, it's like, you don't need to have the agenda now. If you truthfully think he stinks, guess what's going to happen? He's going to prove it because the excuses are out the window. You know what I mean? Like, we've set this thing up. Like I said, barring injuries, this is set up for the Eagles. There are no excuses for Jalen Hurts now. So you don't have to come out with these egregious fake reports saying that he was abysmal in practice because guess what? He's going to be able to have to do it in the game, and we're going to find out very quickly if he can handle being a franchise quarterback because the excuse train has run out now. That's why I just don't get it. But whatever, it is what it is. Got out there, felt like talking about it because to me it's just, it shows there's divide inside the front office. That's all it shows. And it could be as high as Howie Roseman, which is probably the truth. Like I said, that's why I said his name. And Jeffrey Lurie not agreeing who should be the quarterback. This week I also, like I said, I want to go over which players are going to have expanded roles. I want to go which players are going to exceed expectations and which players I think are not going to live up to expectations. And then later we'll do the top 10s on safeties and corners. We'll go probably in that order. And then I do want to give an interesting thing at the end of the show. I do want to talk about Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods because the British Open started today as it's called now the Open Championship. And I just want to give my uh, two cents on parallels with Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. And again, that's going to end the show. But first, let's just go over the expanded roles. Who are going to be players on this roster? Now, again, I didn't want to write any names down for this. Normally you should. No, I want to just talk it out. Who do you, like, think about it as you're listening. Who do you think is going to have an expanded role with the Eagles this year? Number one on offense, without question, becomes Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz is gone. Like, Zach Ertz was here last year at this time. Dallas Goddard is now the unquestioned number one tight end. That is an expanded role for Dallas Goddard. We're going to find out if Dallas Goddard is better than Zach Ertz. I've said for how many years, Dallas Goddard has best tight end in the NFL potential. Well, now it's time to realize it. Can't drop balls like he did last year. You know what I mean? He, If he's better than Zach Ertz, which I believed he was going to be, which I say that people think it's all because I have some agenda against Ertz. I don't. Ertz is an all-time great eagle. He exceeded expectations. It's time for Dallas Goddard to start exceeding expectations. Who else, though, is Quez Watkins? I, I mean, I don't know if expanded role so much, but I think he should be more comfortable in his role, and I think he's going to be slotted into a role more suitable for him. Like, he could play outside, be the speed receiver, like 
but he's not going to be dependent on so much. Like, A.J. Brown just makes everybody fall into place so perfectly that you don't have to ask somebody to do something they're not capable of, or you could just put them in more advantageous positions. Now, expanded role on offense, the other guy I would say, though, who's clearly going to have an expanded role is Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell is somebody they're probably expecting a lot of this year. Like, this is supposed to be a massive year for Kenny Gainwell. Second year, back in the offense for the second season. You know, remember, last year, he didn't play football his senior year, or uh, his last year of college football, so he took a year off. So that was really like him coming back from a year and not playing football. I think Kenny Gainwell is going to absolutely 100% have an expanded role. And finally, the last guy in offense, because we'll just do three, Jalen Hurts. We're going to throw the ball more. So Jalen Hurts' role is going to be expanded. We are going to throw the football. They are not going to hide Jalen Hurts by running the football as much as they did last season. They're going to throw the football. It is feast or famine for Jalen Hurts this year, absolutely. So those are the three guys that are going to have the biggest expanded roles, I believe, on offense. Now on defense, who is going to have an expanded role? Number one is Marcus Epps. I think Mark, like we have Tart and Harris, yes. They play the same position, though. Marcus Epps, Marcus Epps is going to be our number one overall safety. A lot of this is on Marcus Epps. I think there's a massive reason that the Eagles did not try to get Tyron Matthew. They did try to sign Marcus Williams, I will say that. But Marcus Williams is a very top-end safety. And that so much wasn't to replace Marcus Epps. It was more or less to take Anthony Harris and what would be Jaquiski Tart, their role. I would say Marcus Epps is without question the guy who's having the most expanded role on this team on off or on defense, and it, I don't even think it's particularly close. I think Milton Williams is number two. I think Milton Williams is going to absolutely have an expanded role. Their defensive front is so different. You know what I mean? It it it's more. It could be a five-two. It could be a three-four. It could be a four-three. And Milton Williams is the one guy who has really legitimate position uh, position versatility. He could play end. He could play tackle. I think Milton Williams is going to be getting on the field about 40 to 50% of the time. I really do. And I know that's saying with Jordan Davis. That's with uh, Javon Hargrave. And that's with Fletcher Cox. There's going to be a heavy rotation at D tackle. But I also see him getting snaps at D end. And finally... The third guy I believe is going to have an expanded role on this defense is going to end up being Zach McPherson. We were so incredibly lucky at corner last year in terms of health. You you can't like expect again, if it is, it's a blessing, obviously. That that's what we're hoping for. But I'm just saying here, I just have a feeling that we're gonna have to rely on Zach McPherson a little bit this season. Now again, this is by the way, card subject to change. He has to win the backup outside corner role. My guess would be Moreland would get that right now unless they sign a veteran. But of, of all the guys on this defense that have had injury histories, right, at the corner position, Slay for the most part, I know he got banged up a couple times last year, but he's really reliable. Bradbury I get, yeah, but whatever. I would believe those two guys would be. Avante Maddox is the one. He's the guy who has missed time before. And that's where I think McPherson definitely could be a guy who ends up playing. That's why I'm saying I believe right now it's Zach McPherson, but that is absolutely subject to change come the end of training camp and the preseason because we're going to get an idea of what this defense, and I don't know what the defense so much is going to look like, but whatever Gannon's opinion is going to be of him, and remember, I don't take anything Gannon says serious, so it is what it is. Now, which players will exceed expectations, right? 
that's different. So who's going to have a better year than people think? Number one for me on offense, we'll do three guys, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I believe in his work ethic. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have an absolutely much better season than he did last year. I'm without question. I don't care that I know he's got more talent. That helps. I know everything's kind of falling into place, but I think he himself is going to be an, an improved football player. So it's going to even look more like it's going to be so thrown in your face that he's a better football player, especially after this dumb quote, because this guy is just like any little thing to, to motivate him. It works. I believe at the end of last season, he was way more hurt than he let on. I think that affected his play. And I'm telling you, I believe if Jalen Hurts stays healthy, he's going to absolutely exceed expectations. Number two, Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown's here. So everybody thinks it's just going to be the A.J. Brown show. I'm telling you, Devontae Smith is as, like, A.J. Brown said it his first practice. He goes, Devontae Smith's the best route runner in the league. That was his words. Devontae Smith is like almost a forgotten guy in this offense. I know he's not necessarily like he is talked about, but I think people are underestimating the impact that Devontae Smith is going to have on this offense. I believe Devontae Smith is going to go over 1,000 yards this year. I absolutely do, 100%. And that's me also saying that I believe A.J. Brown too. I think we're going to have 2,000-yard receivers, and we might have a 1,000-yard tight end. By the way, that should tell you what I believe the Eagles' offense is going to be in terms of passing. They are going to throw the football a lot. And trust me, if Jalen Hurts is failing at it, they will pull the plug on and, and, and go to the backup quarterback. They will not let Jalen Hurts, you know, take the offense back to being a run-heavy offense. That's not why they tra- or, yeah, traded for A.J. Brown and signed that extension. They didn't draft Devontae Smith 10th overall to run the football. They didn't put this offensive line together just to run the football. Third, I'm going to say Landon Dickerson. I know people think Landon Dickerson is going to be really good. I think Landon Dickerson is going to be elite. I could see Landon Dickerson being an all-pro this season. Remember, last year he was so good, and he was coming off an injury. He didn't have no preseason at all for a rookie. He got thrown into the mix early. He was banged up a lot because he was coming off an injury. I'm telling you this right now. Landon Dickerson has all-pro potential, and I think he is going to make a case to be an all-pro this season. Now on defense... The three guys I think that are going to exceed expectations? Wow, that's a really good question. I'm going to say James Bradbury, number one. I Trust me, I think Slay is going to have, you know, obviously a really good season. I, I try, I'm not, no doubts in Slay. I think Maddox will have a good year. I just think Bradbury, it's like, he had such a down year. The Giants, that's why they cut him, quote-unquote. I really think James Bradbury is going to exceed expectations. I, I like J- James Bradbury a lot. Number two, Marcus Epps. I think Marcus Epps is a really good football player. He's got an expanded role, and I think he's going to exceed expectations because people are just putting him in a box and just, oh, yeah, whatever, he's going to be whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think he is going to exceed expectations. And number three, Nicobe Dean. I think Nicobe Dean is going to be in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year without question. My only fear on Nicobe Dean is that this complete moron D coordinator we have doesn't use him to his best ability by rushing the passer, using him in blitzes, letting him be a leader, letting him be a tone setter on defense. If he does, if he, you know, literally uses common sense, N'Kobe Dean can win defense rookie of the year. Honorable mentions, by the way, Fletcher Cox, who I think is going to have a really good season, especially now with the guys around him. I think Brandon Graham, 
is going to have a really good year. Hassan Reddick. I'm telling you, I think guys on our defensive uh, are going to exceed expectations. It's just I don't believe in the scheme, and I don't believe in the guy calling the plays, and it's going to probably end up looking not like it did last year. It'll be better because the talent's better, but it's going to be like, oh, man, they did all this stuff, and they're still like, why aren't they a top-five defense? Unless this idiot at D coordinator honestly stops and just you know wakes up and smells the roses, that's what we're going to get. You know what? Maybe next week, I'll save it. We're going to save the players I think that won't live up to expectations. We'll talk about that one next week. Because we'll go a little bit more in depth on, on guys and expectations and what you're expecting or whatever. And, and just guys to just not, that I think are going to fail. But just guys to keep an eye on that have the possibility of maybe not being what they're supposed to be. And again, that doesn't also mean that I think that person's going to stink. You know what I mean? You might have a guy who you believe could be, and again, I'm just saying, like, let's say Aaron Rodgers. You think he's an all-pro. He could be the best quarterback in the league. Well, he doesn't have an MVP season. He has a really good season, not an MVP season. Well, he didn't live up to expectations. You'd still take him, but it wasn't what you were hoping it would be. Something like that. I'm going to pause here for a brief word from Anchor, and then I will do top 10 uh, safeties. We'll do top 10 corners, and then, like I said, we're going to finish with my Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods quote that are uh, quote um, talk that I just want to I, I just want to go over some things with those two guys. Let's do top ten safeties. Now, I thought about this and with safeties and corners, you could have gotten specific. You know what I mean? You could have did box safety, you know, free safety, you know, coverage safety. It, it's these lists are not like again. I. I I could go through them and tell you who I think are the best at that, but it's like I don't give too much of a crap about like a rankings list. I'd rather tell you who I think's good at it and essentially not put them in an order. That's more of a fun conversation. But when you're doing a rankings list, no. In corners, it was just it, it ends up being mostly outside corners. Nothing against slot corners, like you know Kenny Moore's a really good slot corner. Vontae Maddox, like I said, I believe is a really good slot corner, but whatever. It's just lists. So the top 10 safeties will go... um, First, let me pull up my safety list from last year. So, you know, I could have had that prepared. But um, let's just check. So the top 10 safeties. I had Anthony Harris. Wow, what a whiff. Uh, Jordan Poyer. Adrian Amos. John Johnson. Jamal Adams. Harrison Smith. Minka Fitzpatrick. Derwin James, Justin Simmons, and Tyron Matthew. Wow. I'm glad I don't look at these beforehand because this is way different. It is a way different list. Holy moly, I am really glad I don't look at these things prior because this thing has radically shifted. So my top 10 safeties are 10... I went with Jeremy Chin from the Panthers. I think he's a really good player. And people forget, if they didn't draft Jalen Hurts, Jeremy Chin would actually be a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, number nine, this was a guy I really wanted in free agency. I liked him in Tampa Bay. I thought he was criminally underrated. I think the Jets stole him, and that's Jordan Whitehead. Number eight, Jesse Bates. I mean, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and it wasn't just because of Joe Burrow. It was guys like Jesse Bates, who played a big role. Um, seven, Minka Fitzpatrick. Six, Marcus Williams, who was almost an eagle. I mean, 
the contract the Eagles offered him should tell you about, and again, he was offered that contract by two teams. The Ravens is the one he chose. The Eagles offered him a similar contract. So it's like, clearly, Marcus Williams is a really good player. He was in New Orleans. He's famous for the Diggs touchdown in the Minnesota game where he just overran. But since then, obviously, he's rebounded into being a pretty good football player. But five, I went with the guy I had number one. And the guy who is replacing Williams in New Orleans, who I think is still better than him, is Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew's problem is he got hurt. He's a little older, but he was just banged up more. But Tyron Matthew is like the Swiss Army knife. This guy does everything. He could cover. He could play slot. He, he's physical. I love Tyron Matthew. Uh, four, I went with Buda Baker from the Cardinals. I mean, Buda Baker, obviously, is just he's just a really good football player. Uh, three, um, Kevin Byard from the Titans, the safety. I don't know if he was on my list last year. If he wasn't, that was a mistake. Uh, two, Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Buccaneers. And number one, Derwin James. He was three. He's number one. Derwin James, to me, is the unquestioned best safety in the National Football League. Now, top 10 corners. So let's go back to the list here. And who did I have? Let's do the list from last season. It was 10 Carlton Davis from the Buccaneers. Nine, uh, nine. Nine Kyle Fuller. Eight James Bradbury. Seven Darius Slago figure. Six Tredavious White. Uh, five Stephon Gilmore. Four Marlon Humphrey. Three Jair Alexander. Two Xavier Howard. And one Jalen Ramsey. So let's start it here. Number 10, and I'm sure people are going to say this is low, is AJ Tarot from the Falcons. Hand up. I thought Tarot was going to be an absolute bust as a football player. His national championship game performance um, against Joe Burrow was just unbelievably horrible with Clemson. I never, ever, ever thought there was any chance he was going to be anything close to a quality player, and he turned out to be a really good corner. I think um, I'd want to see a little bit more because, again, I, and again, I, who cares what I want to see from him, but uh, I just thought that the way he played in that championship game was so scary. It's like, all right, let's just see, is is he more so a product of what's going on in Atlanta? But I, I just, I hey, hand up. I was wrong on A.J. Terrell. He's absolutely a more than quality uh, corner in the NFL. Nine, Patrick Sertan Jr., should have been an eagle if, you know, hey, it wouldn't be. It was him or Devontae Smith, really. It could have been either or. Uh, I was more than okay with Patrick Sertan. He was my number one defensive player on the board by a lot. And, and that's saying something because Micah Parsons obviously is an elite football player, but I still think Sertan is as well. Eight, I have Marlon Humphrey from the Ravens. Um, now seven. This one's going to, like, I have Trayvon Diggs seven, and here's why. And I know Trayvon Diggs is like, Everybody has their fingers pointed at Trayvon Diggs and they say he is a bust or he's going to bust out this year. He's going to have a terrible year. He's overrated. The guy intercepted the football a lot last year. You know, he had 11 interceptions. He had two touchdowns. I get it. He, he gets beat. I understand that. But you cannot deny that Trayvon Diggs has great, you know, he's a great athlete and he's got great size. And clearly, he has a knack for getting the football and causing turnovers. And that, to me, is insanely important. Yes. Is he perfect? By no means. He's a perfect candidate where if maybe the Cowboys could have traded him this offseason because it's like maybe some team would pay you like he's the best corner in the league type guy. And that's something I would then obviously have done. 
but it's like, I'm not one of those guys who thinks, oh, he's just going to fall out of the top 50 or something. Like, he's still a really good player. And again, an Alabama guy. Six, Tredavious White from Buffalo. Dealing with injuries, but he's still really good. Five, Xavier Howard for the Dolphins. Four, J.C. Jackson. I mean, a great season last year with the Patriots, paid by the Chargers. Um, Jackson was an undrafted player, which is crazy, but I like him. Uh, Three, Jalen Ramsey. Why did Jalen Ramsey fall down the list? I'm sorry, but in the playoffs to me, I thought Jalen Ramsey got exposed. I did not think Jalen Ramsey was this all-pro, lights-out corner. I mean, hey, Brady's quote-unquote last touchdown was going to be, you know, until he fake retired or whatever it was, was just beating Jalen Ramsey down the field with Mike Evans. You know, hey, Jamar Chase, beating him down the field in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I just, I think Ramsey's really good, obviously, but I do not think Ramsey is some generational corner. Two, Jair Alexander. And I know it's like, how does Alexander jump Ramsey when he barely played last year? And that's fair, especially when the Rams won the Super Bowl. But I just, again, it's almost like Ramsey essentially hurt himself by playing in bigger games to me. Alexander, I'm telling you, I know he's coming off the injury, but I just, he's so good for Green Bay. He's just so good. And then number one, you didn't hear his name yet. And that's because Darius Slay is my number one. I don't care. The disrespect Darius Slay is getting in lists and, and this offseason is out of control. I don't care. It's my list. I have him number one. And the reason I have him number one is because Darius Slay last year scored three touchdowns on defense. He scored three touchdowns. He lived up to everything we needed him to live up to last year. And, and in, when it's my list, I don't care. I'm giving Darius Slay the credit he deserves. I'm giving him the, the pedestal he deserves to be on. He was my number one. And a guy, by the way, who didn't get mentioned in this list is Denzel Ward. He absolutely could be on this list as well for Cleveland. There's so many good corners. Like I said, you, you got slot guys like Kenny Moore. Um, there were so many good corners in the NFL. These lists, like th- That's why these lists are so different at safety and corner because this is just a year-by-year position. People jump, people fall, it just is what it is. Now, before we close this show out, it's, like I said, it's the British Open this week. And Tiger has made his comeback, and today is Thursday, and Thursday didn't go so good. Tiger shot a 78. And it made me think about this with Tiger. If you know anything about golf, Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time, and it's not even close. Like, Jack Nicholas obviously is number two, but it's like there is a gap between one and two. And it made me think. It's like, you know, you have to say this stuff, but it should just be proven, right? Like, I shouldn't have to tell you Tiger Woods is a better golfer than Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods' records should prove that he's a better golfer than Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods has gotten the bare minimum out of his career, when you think about it. You know, and I said this, and again, I don't want to say like, him and Michael Jordan have a lot of similarities, their demeanor and all that stuff, but they also are in that same category where it feels like you didn't get everything you could get out of their full careers. That's why when people talk greatest basketball player of all time, they'll, they'll say LeBron James. And, and one credit I give LeBron James is this, longevity. It, it's not talked about enough. Now, again, to be fair to Jordan, 
He went to college for three years. James didn't. But, you know, James is 37 years old. He still plays at an extremely high level. And not to say Jordan didn't. Jordan also, in his prime, you know, left to go play baseball. And it's just crazy to think that if he has those two years, if Jordan wins eight consecutive championships as the best player on the Bulls, we, we this greatest of all time discussions, it, they don't exist. You know what I mean? But the door was open because he left basketball in his prime for two full seasons. And then at the end of the run with the Bulls, they never lost. What happened was the worst owner that's ever existed in the history of professional sports, Jerry Reinsdorf, who absolutely sucks, not as only an owner of the Bulls, but as the White Sox as well, ran Michael Jordan out of town. Think about that. He ran Michael Jordan out of town. But then I look at Tiger and it's like, Tiger is 15 majors. He had 14 by the time he was 32 years old. You know, in 2008, he won the U.S. Open with a broken leg. He's a golfer. Like, he is, his body is so beat up. You'd swear he played middle linebacker for the Raiders for, like, two decades. No, he's a golfer. And to me, it's like, the reason Michael doesn't have eight straight titles and the reason Tiger has not passed, you know... Um, and again, it has to do with their fathers, losing their fathers in the middle of their careers, I think. It's like, it just, it's messed them both up. Clearly both different circumstances, obviously, but it's like, it just, it didn't, de- and again, by the way, this is selfish talk here because it's like, if Tiger wanted to be a Navy SEAL, he has every right to go be a Navy SEAL. He owes us nothing. He doesn't owe me or any of his fans or anything like that personal records that we could have to brag about him. Like, we know he's the greatest golfer of all time. And the same thing with Michael. It's like, yes, I personally wish Michael Jordan didn't retire and he had eight straight championships so I could always just tell people, shove it when they tell me somebody might be better at basketball than him. Yes, I wish that Tiger didn't want to be a Navy SEAL and didn't get hurt with his back and, and break his body down, doing all that training, and then have the, you know, the thing happen with his wife and all these other things that happened with Tiger. So I could just tell you that, hey, Tiger's got 25 majors. He's the greatest golfer of all time, and it's not close. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time. But it does piss me off that it's like, it's even got to be discussed because Tiger has gotten literally the bare minimum in terms of records and accomplishments out of the greatest the most talented golfer of all time. Like, we have gotten the bare minimum out of Tiger Woods. And it disappoints me because today is 78. And again, again, I judge Tiger against what Tiger is. He's, by the way, come back from, his leg was almost amputated last February. The fact that he's playing in major championships is impressive. The fact that he's playing golf alone, let alone major championships, is impressive. And and it sucks because at Augusta, you know, you felt like, oh, wow, he's come back really quick. And he had that electric uh, opening round where, you know, he showed so many glimpses of what he could be. And then, you know, it kind of fell apart after that. But he made the cut. And the same thing at the PGA Championship where, you know, the first couple holes, he was two under at one point. You're thinking, okay, Tiger at Southern Hills, here we go. And then it fell apart. But then he had that second round where it's like, okay, he shot the 69. And then it fell apart in the weekend because of the weather, essentially getting cold. But here it was at St. Andrews. He didn't even play the U.S. Open. This was the tournament he was gearing up for. This was the one he thought he can get. 
And it really wasn't his body that failed him today. It was just, golf's hard, spoiler, but I mean, his wedge play and his putter, he putted like a 10 handicap today. That can't happen. And I know what people will say. It's like, well, you know, it, it's, listen, the reason it happened is because when you don't play tournament golf, right, when you are not used to the pressures of everything in the hole, and don't think Tiger goes around his local, like down there in Florida when he's playing, you know, uh, with Justin Thomas or his son or all that, and, he, and think he's not putting everything in the hole. He, I'm sure he is. But it's just a different feeling when it's a major championship. And not that Tiger doesn't know that, but it's just hard to just get your body back into it. You know what I mean? That That's why these guys play so many tournaments throughout the season. It's like, so they could be prepared for these moments. And I, and I think that's what catches him with his putter so much and his chipping around the greens. He, he, you think Tiger's not prepared? He's been over there working on this for how many weeks? He knows the greens. And, and for him to putt and chip the way he did today, it's it's just it's unacceptable. He shot the highest possible score he could have shot. The first hole, getting into a divot, not hitting the ball over that burn. He was 20 yards short. It goes into the water. Like, he played where he hit the ball off the tee especially. He easily could have shot under par today. But his wedges and his putter specifically failed him. But I just wanted to say, like, I still, without question, Tiger and uh, Michael Jordan are, like, they're just built different. But it does suck because I look at Tiger and I go, man, we should be talking about him going for major 26, not 16. He should have 10 more. Easily. Easily 10 more. Maybe more. But next week, we're going to talk football some more. We're going to do top 10. We'll do top 5 kickers, top 5 punters, and we'll do top 10 coaches in the National Football League. And like I said, we're going to go over players on this team next uh, that next season I think may not live up to the expectations we expect. So I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles go. Thank you.